With the 10th overall selection in the 2021 NHL Expansion Draft, the Seattle Kraken are proud to select Buckle Up because we have a lot to discuss before the Expansion Draft. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 1.16 p.m. Eastern Time, July 20th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, when this episode goes live, it'll be the expansion draft. It's going to be occurring at 7 p.m. On ESPN2, and I am really looking forward to it. So, if you hadn't checked out the last episode, I basically spoke to Neil of Devil's State of Mind podcast, and we basically spoke about the expansion draft. We spoke about the NHL entry uh, draft, and we also talked about uh, just overall free agency rumors that could happen for the New Jersey Devils. So, essentially, we talked about silly season. So, anyway, the expansion draft is tonight, and if you guys need a refresher in terms of protected list for the New Jersey Devils, well, the Fords are going to be Nico Heizer, Jesper Brat, Igor Sharangovich, Yanni Kwokanen, Pavel Zaka, Miles Wood, and Mikey McLeod, and then the defense will be Damon Severson, Ryan Graves, and Jonas Siegenthaler, and obviously our goaltender that we're protecting is Mackenzie Blackwood. So, the notable uh, players exposed in this draft will be P.K. Subban, Andreas Janssen, Will Butcher, Nathan Bastian, Nick Merkley, and Scott Wedgwood. Those are our notable players. We have a few others uh, that are available, but obviously I don't think the Seattle Kraken are going to be, you know, very interested in maybe, you know, looking at uh, the others. So, uh, anyway, for the New Jersey Devils, we're going to be one of those teams where, you know, what you see is what you get. We don't really have that player that's just like, wait a minute, showstopper, we could select this player for our roster because, you know, we're not the Montreal Canadiens where, you know, we have Carey Price available or, you know, we're not the St. Louis Blues where Vladimir Tarasenko is available for taking as well because apparently, I guess, Tarasenko uh, wants out of the Blues organization. So he's made himself eligible for the expansion draft. So maybe the Seattle Kraken could uh, look to try to select him, or I, I think that I'm hearing rumors saying that teams are going to make a few trades with the Seattle Kraken to try to get Tarasenko on their team and maybe, you know, trade some of their uh, protected players, whatever the case might be. Anyway, those are just all rumors. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. But for the New Jersey Devils, we don't really have that player, like I mentioned, that, you know, just uh, stops you in your feet and just says, wait a minute, we could get this player onto our roster. So, you know, when looking at the list, it's just like, you know, P.K. Subban, you know, former Norris Trophy winner. However, his production has has gone down the last few years and it's just like even though he did play well last season it's just like he didn't play like you know nine million dollars good so this is the final year of his contract um he's going to be owed about eight million and the cap hit for his contract will be nine million so obviously you know when we're looking at it from that perspective it's just like you know pk suban is he worth uh you know bringing onto our organization with all that money all that cap hit and just you know at the end of the day he'll be an unrestricted free agent is he worth keeping around for just that loan season or you know you got Andreas Janssen, Will Butcher, Nathan Bastian, Nick Merkley, and Scott Wedgwood so we were one of those uh, few teams where you know we're not really tossing or turning 
uh, determining who uh, is available, who isn't available. So if players like Jack Hughes and Ty Smith were available to be uh, protected in this year's expansion draft, then the the whole narrative would change for the New Jersey Devils because it's like, who do we have to expose now? Do we have to expose one of our young guys? Do we have to expose like Quokinen or Sharon Govich? Or, you know, do we uh, cut ties with people like Zaka or Wood? Or, you know, obviously uh, I think Michael McLeod would be one of the players exposed if uh, Smith or uh, Hughes were available to be exposed because remember, they're not eligible to be drafted by the Seattle Kraken. But I guess an interesting thing is to look at the players who are available for the pickings and see which player might, uh, you know, uh, be on his way to Seattle. So obviously you could get a diamond in the rough in Andreas Janssen. So Andreas Janssen, he didn't have the best season uh, last year for the New Jersey Devils. He had trouble fitting in with our overall structure and roster at times. We had to put him on the third line and even the fourth line because we tried giving him a chance on the top line. But it, it, it just didn't seem to work out. He seemed very frazzled and very lost. And if you remember my crossover when Michael of Locked On Leafs, he said someone like Janssen, he had really good players. You know, he was trying to not knock us. But at the same time, you know, we don't have a Matthews on our organization roster. We don't have a Marner. So it's just like when Janssen had the, um, you know, the privilege to play with those players, his stats looked a lot better than they should have. So, you know, what, what I'm referring to is the 2018 and 2019 season. As you guys know, when I'm referring to Andreas Janssen, it seems like I can't even mention Janssen without uh, mentioning uh, the season he had for Toronto a couple years ago in which he appeared in 73 games, had 20 goals, 23 assists for a grand total of 43 points. But obviously, you know, uh, Michael of Locked on Leafs told me that, you know, it's just having better lines mates. So it's just like, you know, when you're on a young team that's very inexperienced, that's just trying to figure it out, trying to get their feet uh, wet as well. It's just like uh, Janssen just seemed to struggle in terms of just uh, fitting in. In fact, I put out a poll a couple days ago in terms of, you know, players that are available to be exposed um, in the expansion draft for the New Jersey Devils. And I said, which player has the best chance of playing for the Seattle Kraken next season? And 35% of you said Janssen, uh, 32% of you said Butcher, uh, 19% of you said Subban, and the other 14% said Bastion. And Bastion kind of concerns me, and I'll explain more of that in a second. But overall, for Andreas Janssen, it's like, um, you know, he has a couple years left on his contract. And I, I even said that Andreas Janssen is worth keeping around for at least half a season to see, you know, has he learned anything? Will he be a better fit in Lindy Ruff's system? And one of the Devils media personalities who I interviewed, uh, Robert Inkin Jr., he revealed to me that Andreas Janssen uh, has asthma. So when he was hit with COVID, he was hit with it hard. So obviously, during a COVID-riddled year where there's no practice time, there's only morning skate, uh, the coaches are still trying to figure things out. And overall, it's just like trying to overall find that niche for the New Jersey Devils that has new leadership roles from the coaching staff to the front office. And also Nico Heizer being named the new uh, captain for the organization and also the youngest captain in the NHL and a more of lead by example kind of guy than vocally. It's just like, you know, I can understand why players like Janssen struggled. I can understand why players like Kyle Palmieri struggled to begin the year because it's just like, it, it just didn't seem to click right away for the New Jersey Devils despite seeing some, you know, uh, small success, not major success, but small success because, you know, I was uh, counting the moral victories, including us being over 500 at one point because uh, the season before this season, 
uh, there, there, we weren't over 500. We were at 500 at one point, and we were close to 500, but we were never over 500, if that makes any sense. So, you know, I was counting small victories like that. So, anyway, back to Andreas Janssen. It's just like the major question for him is who are his line mates going to be next season if you do draft him, if you're the Seattle Kraken? Who you're going to pair him along with because it seems like Andreas Janssen performs better with um, uh, better teammates that are on the lines with him at the center and the other winger position. So, you know, Andreas Janssen is a left winger. So, you know, who are you going to put at center? Who are you going to put at right wing? Or, you know, who are you going to put at left wing if you decide to move Andreas Janssen to the right wing? So, you know, for Andreas Janssen, I did have, you know, some high expectations for him, but obviously not that high. But, you know, when thinking about Andreas Johnson, it's just like I think of a player who's solid and deserves another chance with the New Jersey Devils organization or at least half a season so that way he can redeem himself. But, you know, obviously I don't want to hold anything against Johnson because, like I said, he was hit with COVID hard like a lot of other Devils players. It seems like um, he had trouble fitting in at times, but, you know, so did a lot of his other teammates. So I don't want to hold that against him either. And obviously, he has this year and next year, and then obviously uh, during his final year of his contract, he's actually going to have a no-movement clause. So obviously that does play a factor. That's why I say to the Devils organization, if he's not performing well by the trade deadline next season, then you have to trade him before you know he puts you at his mercy. So you know that's something you need to take into consideration if you're the Seattle Kraken. So do you draft Andreas Janssen if you're the Seattle Kraken? You know, my overall final verdict is just like, look, Andreas Janssen, he's a solid player, nothing spectacular. He's one of the better players that we have exposed on our roster. And, you know, it just depends on who you pair him with. And, you know, could you get 2018 and 2019 Andreas Janssen? Or are you going to get 2020 and 2021 Andreas Janssen, which, you know, he barely cracks uh, double-digit points. He uh, had five goals, six assists for a grand total of 11 points, in which you have to put him on your third or your fourth line. And overall, you're just living on a prayer with him at that point because it's just like, you know, if he's not with better teammates, it doesn't seem like he performs all that well. However, I do have a theory, which is, you know, if you put him on the third or the fourth line, so you're checking or your uh, energy line, then maybe he could possibly you know, dominate the lower tier players, like the bottom six players, and do uh, better. So, like, you know, it seems like, I, I say this a lot, the less you ask out of him, maybe the more production you'll get from someone like him. So, you know, that's something to take into consideration. Now, for someone like um, Will Butcher, it just doesn't seem like Will Butcher fits with the New Jersey Devils organization anymore. And it seems like, uh, you know, Will Butcher could be one of the favorites who actually be moved out of the uh, Devils organization because this season he only appeared in 23 games, had one goal, 10 assists for a grand total of 11 points. It just seems like Will Butcher has lost his way with this organization. It doesn't seem like he's going to find it anytime soon. Remember, guys, uh, at the beginning of the season, as Neil mentioned in our crossover yesterday, Will Butcher was a healthy scratch to begin the year. It's not like he was injured. It's not like, you know, uh, he was uh, dealing with COVID or anything like that. It was just like Lindy Ruff just doesn't seem to like him. He It's sort of like a Nikita Gusev situation where, you know, he did solid for one year, but then it seems like his production has fallen off year in and year out. So obviously, you know, uh, in his first season. Actually, before I explain that stat, what's one of the areas of struggle that the New Jersey Devils had this past season? It was the power play. And during Will Butcher's first uh, season in the NHL with the New Jersey Devils, in which he appeared in 81 games, he had 23 power play points, and he had three power play goals as well. So obviously, you know, when we're looking at that, it seemed like he knew how to move the puck really well in the power play opportunity. And 
his, his production in that area has fallen off tremendously, and it's not because of a lack of games played. It's just like his production just continues to fall. It seems like he gets worse every year. So, you know, the following year, 78 games played, he had 14 power play points and one power play goal. And then uh, the next season, uh, 2019-2020, the season that got cut short due to COVID, uh, 56 games played, had four goals, 17 assists for a grand total of 21 points. So he had uh, more power play points in his first season than he did regular points during the 2019-2020 season. So are you starting to see a trend with Will Butcher's production? It just seems like he gets worse every year, and it just doesn't seem like he fits in well with the New Jersey Devils anymore. It seems like he's lost contact with our radio tower or something like that because uh, during the 2019-2020 season, he only had one power play point. And then this season, like I said, healthy scratch to begin the year. The only reason he got playing time towards the end of the year was because, like I mentioned in my crossover with Neil yesterday, it, because um, you know we traded away a few players. Uh, some players were dealing with injury. Some players were dealing with COVID. So it was just like, you know what, we have no choice but to plug this guy in and give him something. Otherwise, you know, if we don't have enough players to uh, make out a roster, then we're going to have to forfeit the game and we're just going to have to overall uh, go back into a postponement of the season. And I'm sure nobody wants that no matter how bad Will Butcher is. But at the same time, it just seems like he gets worse every year and he just does not fit in anymore. It just seems like it's time for him to get out of our organization. So, you know, for the Seattle Kraken, it's just like, you know, for Will Butcher, can you uh, help him retain what he was able to do during the first couple years that he was in the NHL? You know, obviously, his rookie season seems like to be his best season. And if you look at his points total and look at the assist category, because obviously, why am I big on young players like Brant Clark and Luke Hughes is because they know how to quarterback their respective offense, and that's why their assist numbers are high in that regard. So, obviously, you know, when I'm looking for a player on the New Jersey Devils roster, I'm looking for someone who can lead this offense. It's one of the reasons why I was big on someone like Ryan Graves because he can hold down his end on the defensive side of things. And then, you know, when it comes to offense, he's not an offensive stopper, but at the same time, he's not just out there just, you know, twiddling with his uh, stick or anything. He's out there trying to, uh, you know, help move the offense. So it's one of those weird things where his goals numbers aren't high, but at the same time, you know, Ryan Graves is not someone who's just going to, you know, put a hole into your offense. You know, so, someone like Jonas Siegenthaler, his main question mark is his offense. So, you know, when he's out there on the offensive side of things, he does seem, you know, it, it, he does slow it down just a little bit because, you know, he can't really do anything with it in that regards. But at the same time, I'm more focused on the defensive side of things. So, you know, when I'm looking at someone like Will Butcher, it just seems like, you know, uh, it, it just seems like he gets worse every single year. And it, it doesn't seem like he's going to get any better. So, you know, if I'm the Seattle Kraken and I'm seeing someone like Will Butcher, it's just like, can I, uh, you know, similar to what Andreas Janssen's situation is, can I retain what he was able to do during his first few years in the league in which he was very effective on the power play and overall his assist numbers were high and he was actually putting up pretty good numbers overall. So obviously, you know, uh, you know, for him being a defenseman, his job is to, you know, uh, move the puck around and overall hold down his end, but he hasn't really been doing that the last few seasons. That's why his assist numbers have gotten steadily worse. That's why he's a healthy scratch. And overall, on the defensive side of things, he hasn't gotten better in that regards either. So obviously, that's a question mark. So I just got to figure out uh, if I'm the Seattle Crack in front office and I want to select Will Butcher. It's just like, which Will Butcher am I going to get? Similar to Janssen. Which Janssen am I going to get? And it just really depends on where you align them. And overall, it just depends on is Will Butcher the best player available? Because, you know, you got to think of this from a player standpoint. You got to think about this from a financial standpoint. You got to think of this from a chess standpoint in terms of like, could I trade him and flip him for something else? Could I, 
you know, uh, improve maybe my roster. If, if Will Butcher was available for a trade to another team, can I use that as a pawn to get a, a much better player, whatever the case might be? So obviously, you know, when you're the Seattle Kraken, you have all the moves. It's all in your court. Do you, which player do you draft from a financial standpoint? Which player do you draft from a player standpoint? And which player do you draft from a chess standpoint? So obviously, you know, those are things to take into consideration. And before we continue, it's time for the first live read this morning, and it comes from rockauto.com. So with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket as well save time and money when using rock auto why choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent or even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership so rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years they're also uh known for their reliably low uh prices for every consumer they have everything you need from brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet so Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solutions for your auto part needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And the second live read comes from betonline.ag. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, no pun intended. And you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest informations. Don't sell on the sidelines anymore. Is this your chance to get into the game as MLB teams are prepping for the runs to the playoffs? Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember, use the promo code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Okay, so back to the expansion draft talk for the New Jersey Devils. We're just basically talking about players that are available for the picking for uh, the Seattle Kraken and overall, which player from the New Jersey Devils roster are they going to select? So obviously, I guess the clear-cut answer would have to be P.K. Subban, right? Well, not really. I'm, I'm hearing some experts from the New Jersey Devils organization saying that they're not really too fond of giving up P.K. Subban just because, you know, of the cap situation. So like I told you guys, since the Devils did conduct the Ryan Graves trade, they were eligible to uh, expose P.K. Subban without much repercussion. Obviously, it could be just another chess move because it's like, you know, if you're the Seattle Kraken, it's just like, do you draft P.K. Subban? Yes, his name is known. He's a former Norris Trophy winner. Obviously, uh, he's one of the greatest defensemen in recent memory for the NHL. I'm not saying all time. I'm just saying in recent memory because P.K. Subban, while he was with the Montreal Canadiens, while he was uh, in the earlier days of his Nashville Predators days, you can't argue that P.K. Subban was one of the best defensemen in the NHL. So I'm just saying in that regard. So obviously, when you look at P.K. Subban, he's a multi-time All-Star. He's been on the cover for a sports video game. Uh, He's won the uh, Norris Trophy, and obviously he's been a first uh, all-star team. So, you know, when you're looking at it in that regard, it's just like P.K. Subban. It's just like, could that be the clear-cut answer for the Seattle Kraken? Not exactly, because, you know, like I told you guys, the cap situation earlier in the episode in which I talked about what P.K. Subban is owed, uh, how that will affect the cap hit. So, obviously, you know, when when we're looking at P.K. Subban's contract, obviously, you know, it, it, it can, um, let's just say for, for friendlier terms, it, it could scare some people. So uh, he is owed at least $8 million this season. Obviously, I'm not including incentives. And then 
Uh, the cap hit will be about $9 million. So he signed an eight-year, $72 million contract with the Montreal Canadiens back in 2014. And obviously, it will come to an end after this season. So he'll be an unrestricted free agent. And then obviously, when he's a free agent, or you know whether we give him up uh, this season, the expansion draft, or whether... Uh, I'm hearing reports that the New Jersey Devils are looking to move him. And then, obviously, you know, when he becomes an unrestricted free agent, it seems like we'll, we'll have a lot of money to spend. In fact, we have no choice but to spend it for, for uh, P.K. Subban's absence of his contract. So when we're looking at it from that regards, it's just like, you know, do we want to give up P.K. Subban or do we just want to hold out for, you know, next season when we'll have even more money? Because like I told you guys, if uh, P.K. Subban is gone from the roster, whether it be uh, this expansion draft, whether we deal him away or whether it be unrestricted free agency next season, we're going to have to spend money because his contract, like I told you guys, it takes up a huge chunk of our cap space. So, you know, like I said, if we didn't conduct that Ryan uh, Graves trade ordeal and we left uh, P.K. Subban uh, exposed and the Seattle Kraken hypothetically take him, then, you know, uh, overall that could uh, leave us $25 million away from the cap floor. No, not the cap ceiling, the cap floor. So, Obviously, when we're looking at, you know, potential players that could come to the New Jersey Devils, obviously, uh, I talked about Tarasenko uh, from the Blues. Uh, Gabriel Landenskog is also uh, available from the Colorado Avalanche. It seems like he's going to be hitting the unrestricted free agent market due to the fact that it seems like both sides couldn't come to an agreement in terms of money. I'd be very careful about, you know, spending your money wisely than obviously Dougie Hamilton. But, you know, a lot of uh, people from the New Jersey Devils media, and if you uh, caught me on Twitter a couple days ago, I was basically talking to uh, Steve uh, Palumbo, I believe uh, that's how you pronounce his uh, last name, and then Pucks and Pitchforks, and then obviously Neil from Devil State of Mind. We were basically having a discussion in terms of what could happen uh, for P.K. Subban's contract, and, you know, uh, you know, Steve said that he wants to keep Subban because he absolutely loves him, and then I said, yeah, but I want flexibility, and then Pucks and Pitchforks brought up the excellent point, which is, you know, since Carey Price is available for the taking for the Seattle Kraken, they might just select him and, you know, forego P.K. Subban, so, you know, there's another chess move right there, and I really hope that P.K. Subban isn't taking this to heart because I'm hearing reports saying that the New Jersey Devils are looking to move him. I haven't heard any reports saying that, you know, uh, P.K. Subban demanded for a trade or anything. So hopefully that's just, uh, you know, all fake news and speculation. But, you know, we'll see as the offseason continues to progress. But, you know, when we're looking at Carey Price's contract for the Montreal Canadiens, he still has four seasons uh, left on his respective contract. And then he's 33 years of age. Obviously, he just went to the Stanley Cup Finals. He'll actually be turning 34 next uh, month in August. So, you know, uh, he is getting older. But at the same time, I do like older goaltenders. So, like I mentioned, um, you know, four years left on his contract. He originally signed an eight-year, $84 million contract. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, before the 2026 and 2027 season. So if I am the uh, Seattle Kraken, I, I'm willing to uh, draft uh, Carey Price because that could be my starting netminder for the next few years. And obviously, I think that would be very exciting to see him put on the Kraken sweater and overall just try to lead this team to victory. But, you know, obviously, it's not going to be the same situation as the Vegas Golden Knights due to the conference setup. But, you know, that's something intriguing. And then, you know, Pucks and Pitchforks did bring up that point, like I mentioned, saying that, the Seattle Kraken might just elect to uh, select someone like Carey Price, who has a lengthy contract, who has a big contract, and they'll pass on P.K. Subban. So like I said, guys, when we're looking at the expansion draft, this is a chess move. So obviously, I don't know what the cap space situation is for the Seattle Kraken, but I don't think they want to load up on big contracts because if we know anything about big contracts, it's usually 
harder to deal away the player. You're a little more stuck. It's hard to build around that team. So, you know, I talked about the Edmonton Oilers. You know, you know they have that big two with Leon uh, Dreisaitl. And then, obviously, you have uh, Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the NHL right now. So, when you have that one-two punch of Leon and Connor, it's just like, you know, you have to sign them to big contracts. And it's kind of hard to build the team around them. So, you know, when you're looking at it in that perspective, that can uh, get you pretty much stuck. And then, obviously, when we were trying to clear house, we were trying to clear house with P.K. Subban, but obviously that didn't come into fruition just due to the fact that P.K. Subban has a lengthy contract and just due to his production, it's just like, you know, I'm not really willing to take on that risk if I'm an opposing GM and you're trying to pitch me P.K. Subban. That's not going to happen. So, you know, with P.K. Subban and how Carey Price is and also, uh, you know, the Tarasenko situation over for the St. Louis Blues, I, I think wholeheartedly the Seattle Kraken are going to pass on P.K. Subban and this could be just a pawn move by the New Jersey Devils because like I said you know if they were to expose someone like Severson, Graves, or Siegenthaler their contracts are cheaper and obviously that gives the Kraken more flexibility so I think they're exposing P.K. Subban mainly just because they know that um, you know he's not going to be picked up by Seattle Kraken just due to his contract situation obviously he has one year left on it but at the same time it's just like that's still a very pricey year and it's just like is he worth keeping around but obviously he could get some butts in the seats he could get some jersey sales uh for the Seattle Kraken because obviously you know when you talk to uh, a, a person who's not really an avid hockey fan they've heard of P.K. Subban just based on his uh ventures outside of hockey so obviously that could you know give you some promotion but at the end of the day it's just like I, I don't know. I don't think drafting P.K. Subban with his uh, contract would be the right answer, especially with uh, Price and Tarasenko available for the taking for uh, the Seattle Kraken. So obviously that'll uh, raise some questions. And then obviously we got someone that, like Nate Bastion, and this is the one player that I'm concerned about. And I believe this is the player that, uh, if anything, this is what the Devils were tossing and turning about because it's like, do we expose Mikey McLeod? Do we expose Nathan Bastion? And like I told you guys on the last episode, I told you my hot take, which is I would much rather expose someone like Mikey McLeod in the draft because we know what his production is. We know that he had career highs in all three scoring categories, but at the same time, it's nothing impressive. So if I'm the Seattle Kraken uh, front office GM, I'm just looking at his uh, stats and I'm just like, yeah, he's a bottom six player. Yeah, his stats were career highs, but they're nothing impressive because, you know, let's let's look at his stats, shall we? So he appeared in 52 games, had nine goals, uh, six assists for a grand total of 15 points. His plus minus was negative 12, and he did well in the face-off percentage, so uh, he won more than half of his respective face-offs drawn. So, you know, when we're looking at it from that perspective, it's just like Mikey McLeod is not really going to turn much heads due to his numbers, you know, being uh, mediocre, but we know the improvement uh, from Mikey McLeod because we saw him on the come-up. We know how hard it was for him to get his first career goal. We know that uh, his uh, quote-unquote first goal was waved off. Um, and then, you know, it, it took him a while to get it, and then when he finally got it, it seemed like he took off like a rocket ship. That was the extra confidence and bonus uh, uh, incentive that he kind of needed to improve his game. So, you know, we know what Mikey McLeod brings to the New Jersey Devils organization. However, the Seattle Kraken aren't aware of that. Whereas for Nathan Bastion, it's just like, when you look at his hits totals, it's just like, like I told you, he was tops in the rookies in that category, and he lost to a defenseman that played in uh, 12 more games than he did. So when we're looking at Nathan Bastion, it's just like we're looking at a young, two-way kind of player. He's six foot four, weighs 205 pounds, so he gives you that big body, and overall, he just gives you that two-way aggression that 
any team would like on their energy or their checking line. So, you know, your checking line is usually your third line, and then your energy line is usually your fourth line. Obviously, it's a little flip-flop for the New Jersey Devils, or, you know, it's toss a coin. Do you call this your checking or your energy line, whatever the case might be? But anyway, for the New Jersey Devils, it's just like, you know, uh, are his stats impressive in terms of being a winger? No. Like, he put up three goals, seven assists for a grand total of ten points, but I'm just saying he's tops uh, in the NHL for a respective category, and that's uh, the main concern I have in that regards for someone like Nathan Bastion so I would be a little hesitant to you know leave him exposed because when you're leading uh the NHL in a respective category that can uh turn a lot ahead so like I said he's tops in that uh hits category for NHL rookies he didn't lead it but at the same time it's just like you know he's tops in that regard so you know if I'm a Seattle Kraken that kind of turns my head a little bit whereas for Mikey McLeod you know we know what he brings to the New Jersey Devils organization but other teams aren't aware of that so you know when I'm looking at it from that perspective it's just like eh, you know I think I would be a little hesitant now for someone like Nick Merkley and Scott Wedgwood I think it's safe to say that I don't think um, the Seattle Kraken are eyeing players like that because Nick Merkley, he appeared in 27 games, had two goals, eight assists for a grand total of 10 points, bottom six player. He'll be on your energy line, uh, you know, just out there to just eat away minutes and, you know, give the starters a rest. And then obviously, you know, for Scott Wedgwood, I like Scott Wedgwood. I know what he brings to the New Jersey Devils organization, but a lot of people aren't aware of it as well. So, you know, that's just another situation where, you know, perfectly comfortable exposing Scott Wedgwood because there's no way, especially with Carey Price available, there's just absolutely no way in hell the uh, Seattle Kraken would be that stupid unless, you know, one of them had a seizure or something that they're going to select Scott Wedgwood. So Scott Wedgwood, um, you know, like I said, solid player, nothing spectacular. He's a third string goalie at best. He did step up his game last year in his second tenure for the New Jersey Devils. But overall, it's just like, I don't know. So obviously, you know, when we're looking at all these significant players that are available for the taking for the Seattle Kraken, you got P.K. Subban in his contract situation. You got question marks with Andreas Janssen and Will Butcher. Then you got a young up-and-coming guy in Nathan Bash in terms of being a good two-way player. And then you got your just fill-in guys and just guys you don't really care uh, if they get exposed because you know they're not going to be taken under uh, most likely circumstances in Merkley and Wedgwood. So if I'm the Seattle Kraken and I'm uh, get to the New Jersey Devils with my 10th overall uh, pick, who am I going to select from their organization? Honestly, I'm going to go with Nathan Bashman because it just seems like he has the most upside because, like I said, Will Butcher has gotten worse every single year. We talked about P.K. Subban's contract situation. Would I like for them to take P.K. Subban and force us to spend even more money this offseason? Yes, but one of the things that the other Devils personalities were telling me, which is uh, be patient, trust the process, so wait for P.K. Subban's contract to expire after this season and we'll have more money and, you know, more money is not going to be more problems for us in this regard. So, you know, for P.K. Subban, it's just like I think they're going to pass on that, especially with other big-name players that have lengthy contracts available for the taking. I think the Seattle Kraken are going to forego uh, P.K. Subban. Then Andreas Janssen, obviously, it's just like who do you draft? And there's no guarantee that he's going to, you know, uh, perform better this season. I'm willing to take a risk on him, but doesn't mean the Seattle Kraken have to, especially since he has a couple years left on his contract, and then next season, he's going to have a no-movement clause, so that'll make things difficult if it doesn't work out, and then obviously for Merkley and Wedgwood, they're, they're um, you know, especially Wedgwood, solid player, but not worth uh, taking him in the expansion draft, because especially when you have better goaltender options on the board, and then obviously for someone like Nick Merkley, it's just like, you know, bottom six player, just like complete bottom six player, but he's still young, he's 24 years of age, so I'll give him that and then 
obviously, you know, uh, this is the most games he's played in this season, and I do need to give respect where respect is given. He did have career highs in all three scoring categories, so he had a career high in points, assists, and goals, so he was able to get two goals uh, as opposed to his one goal uh, scored last year, but he appeared in only four games, and then obviously he had eight assists and for a grand total of 10 points, so he was able to get career highs in, in both those respective categories, and he did get a power play point for us this season on an assist, so, you know, like I said, got to give credit when credit is due, but at the same time, bottom six player, like completely, I'd say bottom, I, I don't even think this is a term, bottom three player at, at the very most, because he's only going to play on your fourth line, and he's there to eat away minutes. So, you know, I'm just making up a new terminology for hockey, bottom three player, you know, because he, he's not going to most likely play on your third line, and he's not definitely not going to play on your top two lines. So, you know, he's just going to be on your fourth line at best, and then if he's not on the taxi squad, then, you know, when we have Scott Wedgwood, it's just like solid production, but at the same time, nothing spectacular. So with the 10th overall selection in the NHL expansion draft, the Seattle Kraken are proud to select Nathan Bastian from the New Jersey Devils. So quite honestly, that's my opinion, and that's how I think it will go down. But let me know what you guys think in the short amount of time before the expansion draft. Do you guys agree with my pick? Do you agree with my analysis on the other significant players? Do you agree with the protection list for the New Jersey Devils? Like I said, we kind of had an easier time over some other NHL teams because, you know, Jack Hughes and Ty Smith aren't available to be selected in this year's expansion draft. So it's not like we had to toss and turn and throw up a quarter in terms of which players do we need to expose because, you know, it doesn't seem like Nico Heizer wants out. Uh, unlike another captain from the Colorado Avalanche, which is uh, <laughs> uh, Gabriel Landenskog. So, you know, oh, I didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. You didn't hear it from me. But anyway, uh, you know, it's not like we had to sacrifice one of our young guys in the exposure list. So Sharon Govich and Quokinen are good. It's not like we had to throw up a quarter because it's like Ty Smith is available. Do we have to sacrifice Zaka or Wood? None of that. But like I told you guys, if both of those players were available to uh, be selected in the expansion draft, then obviously Michael McLeod would be exposed, and then uh, we would have to just pick uh, between uh, the rest of the Fords in terms of you know production, in terms of what they can bring for the future, and it, it could be very hard. But luckily, thank God we we weren't in that situation. But anyway, that's about all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils! Like I said, uh, hit me up on Twitter if you agree with my list or not. Do you agree with my uh, overall comparison between Bastion and McLeod, and do you agree with my pick uh, for the Seattle Kraken? But anyway, watch the expansion draft. It's going to be very exciting. Silly season is over, and now it's time for some real things to occur. Hopefully, the New Jersey Devils spend their money wisely. I will catch you guys in the next episode.